Allianz. Supporting all 32 counties through the Allianz Leagues. Remember that, then. And a small bit of a needle there. There is nowhere in this world quite like New York. And, of course, it is a place that means so much to Irish people. Great tides of Irish emigrants have made it their home for several centuries now. They've brought with them from the very beginning their games. In the 1780s, there are records of Irish people playing hurling and football in New York. It was in New York later, in 1891, that the Gaelic Athletic Association of America was founded. They had a pitch in Inwood called the Gaelic Field. The goals are still there on that pitch. Right beside it is a plaque which said that it is in this spot in 1626 that the Rekakagwang Indians sold Manhattan Island to the Dutch. Later in the 1920s, when there were 50 GEA clubs in New York, it opened Inishvale Park in the Bronx with a ballroom at one end of the pitch and Irish music drifting out into the evening air. Generation after generation of Irish people have remade Gaelic games in the city and now still every Sunday, Gaelic Park in the Bronx is alive and familiar. But the games, as we know, are only part of the story and have only ever been part of the story in New York. And the success of the GEA in New York is a triumph of pride and commitment. And in that success, there was no night quite like last Saturday night. We will be talking later in this show about the New York victory. We will also talk about the way Roscommon dismantled Mayo, about Clare beating Cork, and much, much more, including two previews of huge GAA matches next weekend, Gaelic football matches in the Ulster Championship next weekend. You are very welcome to the Irish Examiner Gaelic Football Show. My name is Paul Rouse and I'm joined today by the former Mayo footballer and manager, James Horan, by the former Cork footballer, Paddy Kelly, and by Morris Brosnan of the Irish Examiner. Paddy, were you in Ennis? I was, yeah. I made the, the long trip up yesterday. Um, going up, I had privately told a few people I thought we'd be caught. I thought it was a, a real 50-50 game and up in Innes. Um, I just thought Clare had a lot, a lot of uh, advantages going to that game psychologically um, on top of the home advantage and all that. And look, it was a really, really tight game. It could have gone either way. I heard last night a comment that it was a one-point hammering. Um, it, you know, it wasn't. While, while Clare were wasteful, um, they did deserve to win, um, but that game could have gone either way. But it's a, it's a huge setback for Cork. Um, very disappointing. Why did they lose? Um, I feel they lost because they didn't go for enough. I thought we got sucked into a very, very defensive game. The first half was as defensive a game as, as you will see anywhere in the country this, this spring or summer. Um, and in the second half, when it was there to be won, Clare showed more bottle, I thought. They, they, they went for it. Uh, they attacked at pace. Their their big players came into it massively. Um, you know, Keelan Sexton, Emma McMahon, on Cleary up top. They kicked crucial scores. Cork just were too reliant on Stephen Sherlock. They'd only... Sean Powder got a score from play. He was the only other forward who scored from play for Cork. So they were really, really reliant on Stephen Sherlock from play. He got eight from play and two from... Uh, or sorry, eight from freeze and two from play. 
it's a huge setback for Cork. Um, we now have a, I think it'll be three weeks before we know for certain whether in the in the Sam Maguire or Talton. And after a, a decent spring, a decent league, um, this is a this is a massive blow to that that development. It feels like Cork belong in the Talton Cup. I I disagree, but um, you know the evidence of yesterday. I think you had two. I mean, Clare were, were very unlucky to be relegated. Um, they they were poor against Cork and Ennis in the league, and they were trounced up in up in Owen Bay, which is no no shameful thing. Yeah. But other than that, like they lost narrowly to Dublin, to Mead, to Kildare. Um, that was always going to be a very difficult game. I don't care what happened during the league. Clare away, this Clare team are as good a Clare team as there has been, despite the recent terms of two of their, their greats, David Tuberty and Gary Brennan. Um, look, Cork are, are, are a seed four team in the Sam Maguire if they make it at all. You know, that's the reality of where they're at. They're, they're the lower end team, they're mid division two. Um, it, it was just one of those games where Cork were flat. I mean, if you play Cork, you, you're aware that Ian Maguire, Rory Dean, Sean Potter, Matty Taylor, they want to run the ball through. Clare probably very sensibly just clogged up the middle. They've got everyone behind the ball, and Cork's running game had had no way around it. Um, I was disappointed with how they 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 dealt with the blanket. I mean, the blanket is is not new to anybody. I thought Cork were very pedestrian and very predictable on the ball. I was only thinking like what I watched. Jerry came to Cork there a few weeks ago, and geez, they they played loads into full forward line and they sucked numbers wide and 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 deep. Dublin against us in, in Parky as well. The same thing. They nearly had 13, 14 men inside our forty five when they attacked us, and it just meant that there was no sweepers, um, and just lads were pulling, pulling, creating space. Cork just played on the outside of the blanket. I suppose that that was probably the approach ten years ago when the blanket came in. You, you know, you stayed on the outside and worked around it, but there was no penetration. Uh, there was a bit of a swirling wind in Ennis yesterday as well, so it was tricky. Uh, like Clare kicked a pile of wides, but Cork just... I felt I feared going in that Clare needed to win this more than Cork. Clare absolutely needed to win it. Whereas what a Cork, statement, though, Paddy. What a statement. Yeah, and I, I mean, I know I appreciate, look, every championship game, once championship game or, or whatever, you know, you're playing for Cork, you want to win for Cork. But I just I just was afraid that after Clare getting relegated, being beaten by Cork, being hammered by Cork up in Ennis during the league, and need, knowing they needed to win to, to, to have a chance of Sam McGuire, the talk in Cork was, ah, there's no way we'd be caught. You know, too many results have to go against us, even if we lose. Whereas I now the reality is, I think it's a, it's a distinct possibility. So, like, Cork, Cork were, were, I thought, played within themselves. And again, I don't know, I don't think they went out to play very, very defensively because they haven't in the league from what I saw. Uh, but it just became a real 50 men behind the ball either side. And it was... It was very slow from a Cork point of view. And the second half, Clare really put a squeeze on Cork's kick-out. Um, if a few huge men are on the middle, Cork's kick-out tactic is quite basic. They, they'll overload one side and just launch on top of the targets. But Clare mopped it up in the second half and drove forward. And Cork had no answer. Um, it was really, really disappointing. I, I feel sorry for him because it was gradually building the league. You know, your fourth place in the league makes Sam McGuire and, and attack it promotion next year. Whereas this leaves us teetering now. And it is... For, for a county of our size, you know, to be to be flirting with with the Talton, um, you know, is a precarious position. And um, it's for a county of Cork size, there were three and a half thousand people in Ennis yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's I suppose there's no, but there might have been more Cork people in Parkhead watching the hurling than there was travelled up to to Ennis yesterday. Is the reality? Look, it, it's a long spin. It's a tour drive on Easter Sunday. Of tours from the city for me. So anyone travelling from further west, you know, you're hitting three hours. Uh, so it is a long spin for a Munster quarter final. Um, look, Cork, Cork sport is, is traditionally quite low. There was a piece like it's it was a small crowd, but in the stands it was it was very very uh, vociferous, especially towards the end. The Clare crowd were really really 
baying for it. It was it was obvious the day the momentum. Um, yeah, like with, with Cork, I, I would be very worried about Cork. They, they named Brian Hurd to start. I think he tore his quad on Friday, so Stephen Sherlock came in. But regardless of which one of them started, the top was the only one of them was going to start. And I think again, you've you've uh, Brian Hurley, Stephen Sherlock, Colomani was injured, and and Conor Corbett was on the bench, who's kind of the young star, only starting one of them, albeit two injured. It was either they were holding one of them back because they needed to make sure they had a finisher to bring on, or else to me it just suggested they were going to play a very defensive workmanlike game. Yeah. I thought there was too many of the same type of players floating around the middle and not really doing much. Um, so look, it's it's well deserved from Clare. This is like again, I, I would say similar to Mayo Ross I think people are over hyping how big a shock these games are. This to me was as close to 50-50 as there is. Um Cork could have edged it. But I think Clare deserved to. They kicked a pile of wides. They were the more impressive team. Cork have a lot of soul searching to do because um, that was that was a chance to you know, solidify their place. The second best team in Munster, you know, the, Clare will take care of Limerick. I'd imagine handing off in two weeks, and then a chance of off carrying the, in the Munster final. But for Cork now, it's a long wait and it's a, a huge psychological blow to us. Paddy, it's going to be um, actually great fun to listen to the Kerry people bigging up Clare. For the next three weeks, and they try and try and talk that into a game. I would they might even wait until uh, the Clare Limerick game before they do. Hey. They have oh, to pick oh, up Tipperary first too. Oh, Tipperary, that's true. Paul, can I, Paddy? Oh, um, James. Just as you as you're saying there, it, it, I, I think it's a huge blow for for Cork. Um, you know, they were building momentum and they were building that that sort of level of trust and, 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 you know, the crowd and the energy was, was, you know, starting to come back. What, what does this defeat mean? Where, what's the vibe around the team like now after that, after that result? Yeah, I suppose, look, I was talking to a few people up there afterwards and, and when I came home, bringing a few people last night, it's very, it's very deflating. Um, like John Cleary in charge, John would be someone we'd have wanted to be in charge for the last decade or so. And he's finally got the top job and he is doing a good job. He's got good people around him. Kevin Walsh is, you know, I suppose a big name coming in from the outside. Um, and you're looking at what, what Kevin Walsh is bringing tactically. I know he's down a bit more now. They do a lot of, I suppose he comes down a lot of weekends and they do kind of, you know, training days and stuff. Um, looking at Cork, I mean, they pushed, interestingly, I'd always say from Cork tactically can be a bit behind the curve. Yesterday they pushed four into the forward line, four into the half forward line for kickouts, clear kickouts, and it really put a bit of pressure on, on player. Um, until midway through the second half, Clare pinged a few over the top of Cork, got two points, and you, I saw from the sideline instruction was drop off, and then Cork just dropped off. It's like they got a, you know, they got caught out, and they just backed off, backed off, and invited Clare, and, and Clare began to dominate. Look, this is this is a huge defeat for Cork. Um, if we could get lucky and still make it into into Sam Aguirre, but um, I was I was said after the league, I was very very happy. The league, I thought we were very consistent. Cork, people would often say about Cork as we're, we're Jekyll and Hyde. I thought Cork's league campaign was very, very steady. Um, you know, lost Narry to Dublin, drew with Derry. Um, you know, fairly consistent performances by the Mead, the last three minutes of the Mead game, the first game of the season. Um, so I thought we were really tipping along nicely. I thought just get over the line here against Clare yesterday would have been a huge, huge win. Um, but look, the championship is all about performing and Cork just didn't get enough. I, I just pinpoint one thing. I thought Sean Powder again was centre forward. And in those games, I looked to, to Mayo teams at Lee Keegan and, and, and Paddy Durkin, you know, from the half-back line, your better, stronger players can see the play develop and then attack. I was watching Powder and he was just being tagged the whole time in that in that cluster of bodies. He he got one point from play, but other than that, very little impact. 
Um, Lillis took him, didn't he? And and just or Pierce and just and just stayed at just stayed at him. Yeah, in the first half straight away he dropped off and it loads um it loads in the back to, to drop off and to sweep. Uh, again, it's one of those things in the modern game, it's just so clouded on that on that D or on that 45. That's where Potter was. Every time he got a ball, any half break he had, he was just swarmed again. The same for Roy Dean, same for E. Maguire. Bar the first half, E. Maguire won a few frees uh plowing forward. Cork had just nothing, they had no variation to the game, there was no kick passing inside. Um as I said, again, it was, it was a one-point game. It wasn't as if Cork were, were terrible. I do have to say the first half was one of the worst games of football I've ever seen. It was, I, I know from watching TV that the, the mayor Ross Common game wasn't hectic either, but at least conditions there were, were so much played apart. Um, it's becoming a theme, like in the stand yesterday, this, you have an open conversation with people without having to worry about are you keeping an eye on the game for, for you know, 20, 30 seconds at a time because the ball is just... For the moment, I do genuinely believe that the state of football is, when teams play that way, it is becoming. And I and I consider myself obsessed with football and love the tactical stuff and all the, the, the different styles. But oh, it is it is putrid to watch, and I do have a serious concern where the thing is going if if games are allowed to develop like that. But anyway, the second half was brilliant. Second half was was your traditional all action, and uh, Claire came out and, and grabbed it and and, and got a, a deserved one point win. I went back through my notes. Uh, for the last 11 or 12 weeks, James. And one of the things that you said in the first week was how highly you rated Claire and how highly you rated her approach. And you've consistently made that point on this show. And at no point, at, at no point, it's not that you're saying that they haven't got credit. It's just pure admiration for how they go about things and how they how they try to win. And I, I thought Colm Collins' interviews, a brilliant interview with Owen Cormac before, and I thought it was a brilliant... I, th- I thought he set out the stall perfectly. Number one, yes, this is the most important game in my time as manager. Number two, well, what happens if we don't... We're going to really try and win it, but if we don't win it, yes, we'll embrace the Talchon Cup, and we'll try and win that if we're in it. Uh, and I thought he got it absolutely right. So he didn't hide from the short term, but he understood there was a more medium term. Yeah, and, and look, he's he's I think it's ten seasons. Is it Cullum? Cullum's involved now as as um, as manager, and I, I think everything about him is 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 makes him a top top level manager. His composure, uh, the way he speaks, you know, the respect he has for players, you know, and, I, and I've dealt with him um, down through the years, um, as I said, in many challenge matches and and, and set up, and just the way he goes about things and and. The type of guy he is uh, sets sets him up, and I suppose sets up that res- respect level that he has. I, I suppose with the players, and and probably the wider, uh, you know, GA community in Clare. But but look, but look, first things first. Clare have 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 a lot of really good players. Yeah, they do. But let's let's you know let's have, forget that. And I know we talked a lot about Cork there, but but you know you saw yesterday Cleary, Malone, Cooney, McMahon. You, you, you see these guys. And uh, they can they can re- they can really play, um, you know. Sexton Sexton yesterday, some of the points he got, he got were, were were crazy, you know. So so they're a very good team. But what what I really like about them is is I suppose the character that they they always show. Um, and and you you know if if you're going into a into a fight or there's going to be a battle or there's a sort of a must win, you know, clear going in there, 
you know you know what you're going to get from them um as regards you know the fundamentals of of of, of for, for your high performance their effort their commitment their courage um they, they go for that and and they always show that so you mix that up with 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 the sprint and the good players and the team ethic that they have and they're, they're going to be a matchup but you go back to and patty alluded to you go back to the league and the relegation absolutely cut them to to the to the bone you know um and they had a couple of they had great performances in that and still still got relegated and obviously the the, the defeats to, to dublin must have must have hurt hurt terribly so when they when they wrap that all up in the home game in in a in a you know the victory for them this weekend puts them into you know playing playing limerick to get into you know monster final they'll they'll train very well the next couple of weeks so it's a huge game and we put that all together you you, you just back them i, I just I feel that they 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 they're so they've so much good traits that that it'll come through when 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 the pressure's on and you know they have to come from behind and you know as Paddy said there and you you can see it from the game just the way they came back and when it was there and I think John Cleary being interviewed after said the same thing when the game was there to be won and Clare went after it we sort of didn't and and that's what you'd expect from the, from 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 those guys and and look they got that's a massive massive win for them. <clears throat> Based based on how the league went and and now the season like one game the whole season has completely changed for them in in, in one way and and the inverse for Cork unfortunately and and like Paddy I thought right okay is this the year we're going to see what Cork are capable of and it, you know there was signs John Cleary's done done pretty well was what what you'd see but this just you know the people that were. You know, making that connection with the team, it's, it feels like it broke after a bad defeat like that. Um, and you, you know, the players will be down, and the energy around the place will probably be down, and it'll take a lot to to nearly convince some of the players, and the, and then the setup around it to get to get going again. So it's a hard number of weeks for Cork, particularly when they don't know really what competition they're going to be in. It's it's a, it, that's a hard environment for 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 John to to try and get those players right and get everything going. You know. I think um I obviously relegation really cut Claire to the quick, but I think they were also really cut by the performance up in Derry, which was abysmal. And it was the most unclear like performance you could ever possibly say. And it's a video I'm sure that they really went through in depth because it was so poor. But I, I what I would say is that if Claire were in the Talchin Cup, I would fancy them to win it. I wouldn't fancy Cork to win the Talchin Cup, and and um, because I, I don't think Cork would beat Cavan. I don't think Cork are set up to be the team that is tactical in the way Cavan would be. Paddy, I think you disagree. Um, no, well, one thing you mentioned, Derry. I thought similarly to Derry, watching Derry at home in Park Heath there a few weeks ago to, to Clare. I thought Clare were very impressive when you're set up against a blanket defence, and you know you Clare carried down the, the wings. But they got they got fierce energy from fellas cutting in from the, the yeah. sideline. Um and, and you see the last score came from very similar. Someone cut into the sideline as if you're going to traffic, just just get out of it, pop a ball, and then a runner over the top. Derry, Derry did it so well, and I'm not a fan of Derry's style. It's it's you know, it, it's very um slow and but they inject so much pace once they hit the opposite 45. They really run at people and, and they create overlaps and create loops. I thought Clare were very, very similar yesterday. I was really impressed by them. And Malone coming up from the back was, was outstanding the last, last 20 minutes. It was phenomenal. Jay Malone, excuse me, coming up from, from six. Um, yeah, look, about Cork, I mean, 
you we've a, I was looking at there we've a three week wait now until the semi-finals of Leinster and Ulster before we'll know whether we're heading for Talton or heading for Sam Maguire and then it's another three weeks I think before three or four weeks before that starts so it's a long six week block three weeks in the unknown I think they'll be you know they'll be cheering on the likes of Donegal and Armagh and Lowe's and, and those those lads in, in a couple of weeks time but um yeah, look, it's it's a colossal. Again, this this season, this new format, it's you don't know yet. I don't know yet the importance of Mayo being a third seed as opposed to first seed. I'm looking at the fixtures and home and away and stuff and trying to figure out is it that big a blow for Cork to come in now if they get in, they'll come in as fourth seed as opposed to second seed if they lost a month to final to Kerry. How big I look that's a lovely complaint if we have it that we're fourth seeds as opposed to in the Talton. Yeah. Um but yeah, look it's Paddy, sorry, just just to come in there. one thing I'd be interested in your thoughts on this. Anytime I watch Cork, and I know Kevin Walsh is down there, and a, a, an excellent coach, um, no, no first hand. Some of the scores, for example, some of the scores that, that, that Claire got yesterday, there's bodies knocking around. There's Cork bodies knocking around defensively, but it's so easy wriggle past the guy, or it's so easy um, get your shot off or the pass you want. The, the, the pressure that they put on the ball or the physicality that they bring, particularly you know, just around their 45 or just outside it, isn't there. There's too many people, I, I feel, you know, looking at the next guy to take this position or that position or he to do this, that, the other. And, and there isn't that physicality, I suppose, the word I'd use around there that puts real pressure and gets that, that gets that real turnovers or, or makes a dent on the opposition. It's sort of too yeah. easy, I think, at times to, to, to get through Cork. I know what's yeah. I, I was sent a clip this morning by someone of, of one of the players for the second half of the Clare sub seventeen from Ennis. He came on and he came across ball. Kevin Cooney, yeah. On his left yeah, foot, yeah. Yeah, ball came to Sexton. Sexton just popped it off. And you'll come to the Cork numbers. Cork had probably 13, 14 back in that zone, but there wasn't it, it, the clip was shown from the keeper working it all the way up, and there wasn't a single hand laid on any Clare man for that score. And that was championship, that was 10 minutes to go. That was and that, and that's James's point. Someone said to me last night, they thought there was a lot of bluffing in terms of numbers back. You know, you get back from the position, but the engagement wasn't there. Um, it's very, and, and that's that's been an issue. I've been very critical of Cork in the last couple of years. I thought we fouled too much. Yesterday, we were at the other end of the spectrum where we just didn't didn't engage. We thought the numbers would numbers would force them out, but Claire really went at us. Um, I mean, Michal Martin made one of the best saves. I don't know if it was a show on the Sunday game last night, but it was one of the best saves I've seen um, from Bohannon coming through. He, he panned it out for 45. At that stage, it was a level game, I thought, and they missed, Keenan Sexton missed the 45. I thought, this will be it, we'll, we'll push on here. But uh, no, James is dead right. Defensively, we're so porous when teams run at us. Uh, in spite of having almost every player inside the 45 yesterday, there was numerous occasions where Claire broke through. It's a huge concern um, from a Cork point of view. Uh, I think one thing we don't have is physical size in the back line. We, like our half back line is a, is a small enough half back line. Um, I do think we lack a, a real a real presence in that back line in old school, you know, your Graham Canty kind of style. Even Malone, Malone, the other side was a, a big man for Claire and Jamie Brennan, or um, Brennan in the full back line as well. They, they have a few big, big stoppers. Cork lacked that kind of fierce, aggressive streak. And um, yeah, it was um, it was just so, so disappointing because, um, again, as I said, there were signs that the Cork were coming. I just thought it was too one-dimensional for Cork. It was very much outside that zone, no no real injection pace. Rory Dean a few times was very dangerous, made a few half breaks, but again, he's all left-footed, so Claire were very clever, 
showing him onto the right and it was just stifled out um cracking that um yeah and put them on again i come back down to the job as well i think you you made a really good point that the job that pierce lillis did on on sean powder was was outstanding what did you think of it mars um it's it's hard to get a, a proper sense of it when you're not there but you know when you talk about the credit colin collins deserves I think a lot of it, look, you're trying to define what is good coaching. And, and to me, good coaching is improving a team on what was there before or learning from your from your losses. I thought it was really interesting that Cullum said after the game that it was in his mind and that going down the close stretch that they had been, they were six up against Kildare. They scored once more in the final 20 minutes, lost that game. Six up against Dublin, didn't score for the final 20 minutes. Um, they were clearly kicked a point in the 48th minute against Cork in the league. They were within two points. And then it, it totally unraveled. And you flip that and see what they did at the weekend. Uh, Carl O'Connor kicked a bad wide in the first half. He was pulled at halftime, kind of rootlessly. Darren O'Neill came in, um, had a fine game midfield. Gavin Cooney, he started both those games against Cairn Dublin, came on in the second half, as Paddy mentioned, kicked a great point. Um, I think that, the, not to get too tied up in, in numbers straight away, but the definitive stat for me was um, GA Statsman, who does great work on social media, had this. Claire had 18 kickouts, Cork had 28 kickouts. Claire had 30 shots, Cork at 24. I think that's that's damning from a Cork perspective. And that's why what I'm getting at there is I think how you attack is related to how you defend. So you look at the point just before the one Paddy referenced there is a kick out. It's a, it's a big long stoppage. Claire do their bunch of break thing. They've been doing this for years in the middle. It's pinged. Stephen Ryan pings it straight down the middle. It's two kick passes inside to Emmett McMahon who kicks his first point from play. On the flip side, Cork are slow and monotonous. It makes it a lot easier to defend when you're when you're building that way. So you've all these kickouts, but you're not actually getting off shots or you're not creating an office. So Powder's points that Paddy referenced that came off the Clare kickout. Uh, O'Driscoll's goal chance that came off the Clare kickout. But on the beyond that, they weren't getting enough building their own attack. You know what I mean? So I think that's that's a, a problem. It's how you attack is related to how a team defends. And what Clare did was they packed that 45. They hit with venom when he when he got there. Um, so oftentimes fouling, kind of deliberately fouling. It was interesting, actually, at the very end of the game, that goal chance that uh, Paddy referenced, that started with Malone standing in the middle field. He did the, that old trick, putting your hand up in the air, the, whatever signal it was. They vacated that space on the inside. It was a runner from deep. And, uh, and just to go back to that thing about learning from your past mistakes, Colin Collins said after the game that the reason he picked Killian Ruan was because that number four jersey was up for grabs, but he can get forward. Uh, he kicked a, a wide just before he got that winner. He actually should have had an assist in the first half, but Sexton put it wide. But that was exactly it. It was a trademark. That stuff doesn't happen by accident. Like Stephen Ryan, there was a shot that dropped short. Goalkeeper carries it out. Runners bursting from deep, and he finds himself in an ocean space and hand passes over the bar. So I think uh, just, from a player perspective, that's that's perfect execution there. Yeah, just to follow up, Morris has mentioned there the, the amount of shots taken by Claire. Claire were very wasteful, but they had they had the belief to go for it. They went, they kept taking shots, and it was a swirling wind. Cork, on the other hand, didn't go for it. You know, they, they, they kept playing it safe, kept working around. And I thought a few things epitomised that. A few times Cork went long and caught, caught uh, marks in the middle of the field. Or uh, they won the throw-ins, for instance. Um, but at no stage, they look in for a kick pass. You know, there was a few times they caught a great ball and it was literally stop, turn around, give back easy, as opposed to... Yeah, phase one over, rather than you, here. You know, it, it almost felt like you were looking at a team who was afraid to make mistakes, was afraid to have the shot. Um, and that kind of that would give you an indication of the way Cork were playing. They were playing kind of not within themselves, but there was a fear factor or almost uh, like a focus too much on not giving away possession. 
and, and the turnovers were crucial in the first half. It was all about turnovers. But it just showed, I thought, Cork's lack of willingness to really go for it. Uh, someone, a few people caught the ball in the middle field and it wasn't turned, look up for a 45, 50-yard pass. It was slow backwards and, and maintain possession. So that was just an indication of what the stats might have backed up. A, a bad day for a bad day for Cork and a great day for Clare. Conversely, up in the West, um, a great day for Roscommon and a, a shocking day for Mayo or a poor day for Mayo. Morris, at what point did you realise that Roscommon were going to win? Um, probably that spell. It was kind of in the middle of the second half when Mayo started running down the throat and up blind alleys, and it was kind of turnover after turnover. Um, and previously maybe they, they could have been able to force freeze in that situation but Roscommon just dined on that Roscommon know exactly what they're about in a similar vein to Clare you know they, they've got perfect structure and what they're doing they stick to it ironically uh, I don't I've covered a lot of Roscommon this year I don't think one game that they've been involved in has been a great game and I think they love that like drag it down into the trenches they're brilliant that there's I just, they're so convicted in what they're doing. They're so confident in how to execute their game plan. Um, I thought Indus Mitch was was brilliant. Yes, he was playing in a much yes, deeper yeah. role, but he was he was absolutely fantastic. Um, I thought they got their matchups right pretty much all over the pitch. I don't know. You know we might as well get to this. I, I don't know how much Mayo put weight in yesterday. I don't think they, they really care about that result. I don't know if they were necessarily going for it, but that's not to take away from Roscommon, who were going for it. And, you know, it, David Burke said after the game that they're what did this mean to him? Everything. So their want was was much greater and they got the, the result that they, they fully deserved. James, Mayo were, I thought they were really poor yesterday. Yeah, they were, <clears throat> uh, they, were they, they were poor and, and um, yeah, got, got caught. And, it, you know, people were mentioning ambush about Roscommon. I, I think that's, a, that's an insult to, to, to Roscommon, really. You know, yeah, his third division, division one, have been progressing year on year, and and with David Burke have 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 just elevated that a, another step. So they're, they're a strong team, but um, for me, the question you asked Morris there, you know, when did when did you know Roscommon um, were going to win it? The amount of <clears throat> because of the conditions, the amount of ball that was on the ground. <clears throat> and I think there was one clip in particular. I think Sir Jim Jim Murphy got his last point where the ball was on the ground, and one person went one. Group went first. It spilled another bit. Spurned away, and another one. The toe in or the shoulder in was always won by a Ross Common player, pretty pretty much. You know, right right throughout the game. So any of that dirty ball on a day like that um, was, <clears throat> you know, the team that wins the most of those usually wins wins the game. So Ross Common, I know Kevin McSay has mentioned attitude a lot. I, I, you know, but Ross Common's attitude was was spot on, and I think Davy Burke was mentioning. You know, Easter Sunday was the first thing that he heard out of his players when, when they, when they got together. So, so, uh, you know, Ross Common's attitude was was, was excellent. But um, there's lots of things like you mentioned, Ed Smith. I, I I thought he was absolutely superb. I I, I did. I th- I thought you know at the start of the game. Mayo pressed the Roscommon kick out. You know they they pushed big numbers up. Those nine ten in 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 their half, and and Enda Smith really turned the tide. And I think he shook Mayo a little bit by some of the some of the field he'd done, some of the primary possession he won on their on, on their kick out. So even at, at an early junction, he had, he had a big impact on the game. And obviously scoring the penalty and his general work rate and his ability to carry the ball um, at full pace. Like 
I think he was gaining ground on Paddy Gurkin at one stage in one of those runs, like you know, stolen the ball. That's that's top level speed that he has. So he's a phenomenal player, and, and did very well yesterday. Uh, Jimmy Murta, obviously, and look at those loads of others. Even Ben O'Carroll didn't, didn't didn't score, but the work rate that he did and the general nuisance value that he brought kept Mayo um, honest in a way, I suppose, de- de- defensively. So so they've got a couple more strings to their Boris Common and, and a really good team. But <clears throat> what what I found. Um, during the league, Mayo had a very good league campaign, obviously. Um, but I, <clears throat> I thought a lot of things went for them. They got momentum early. I thought the break of the ball sort of went. I think tight calls, Mayo sort of got. You know, it, sometimes it happens when you're winning games and things are going well and everything. There's there's a flow that 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 can sometimes happen. And Mayo seemed to get into that that flow during the league and, and things went the way. I think any 50-50 call yesterday, yesterday didn't didn't go Mayo's way, and uh, you know I'm not I'm not at all criticizing the ref, not in any way. But it, it's funny how it goes sometimes. I suppose is the, is the point I'm making. Russ were the dominant one. They were the physical. They were yeah. so they got the, the balance of the decisions. Are yeah, that, that the is, is there a human psychological sort of event that happens there? And and you, you know if there's close calls, it goes the way of the sort of. Uh, dominating team but but look at an overall level i thought ross common were good they they they, they know what they're about they've obviously prepared very very well uh very together very honest um i i do think they need to they need to get it away from their goalkeeper a little bit quicker or their goalkeeper needs to deliver it a little bit quicker uh, i i think he holds on to the ball a bit too long and you know he, he if he, he'll be targeted at that more but but outside that i thought their composure on the ball was was very good and Mayo on the on, on the hindsight, I, I don't agree with you, Morris. I, I think Kevin McStay has um repeatedly um gone after the you know mentioned that the Connacht winning Connacht again was something that so you can't say that in the media and then go into a dressing room and sort of or you're prepped for a game and, and sort of do something else. It you become a bluffer if that's the, the sort of so I, I I don't imagine that, but I, I do think that Going up to Croker, winning a national title, um, and there's huge energy and emotional energy that's used up in that, and the prep for it, and the execution of it, and then the relief that's after it. You know, the training, the, the prep, the training, and whatever in, in a week is different after winning a national title than it would be for any other week. There, there's, there's no two ways about it. So that that may, you know, you're talking a couple of percent. It may have 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 impacted Mayo. They still may not have won, even if they were at their their peak the way Ross Common played yesterday. So, so uh, look, I, I think we we talked before that, um, and it's it's. I think this is crazy. I think this is why this season is crazy. No one wanted to win the league. No one really wants to win provincial titles. Like, I, hopefully, they want to win the All Ireland in in a, in a couple of couple <laughs> yeah. of weeks. You, you know, everyone wants to win the Talton. Yeah, it's a bizarre scenario, but if you look at where Mayo are and I, the management team are strong enough and the players, there's enough experienced players there. They have six weeks, um, possibly, to just work on a few things. Um, and, you know, they've had a lot of games in a row um, and, you know, right through. They started early back with, with their preseason. So I think the six weeks, if you distill it down right and, and analyze it right and utilize it right, would be very beneficial for Mayo. I, James, I, I think the I I think the problems are I don't I think the problems are really profound. I I think uh, they were okay. They were out tackled. 
Ross Common made 50% more tackles in the first half. It's I cannot remember Mayo being out tackled before. See, that, that's a big thing. You can fix that, right? You can fix work rate. You can fix mental preparation. I think there's two other problems. I think Ross Common's kicking was way ahead of, of Mayo's yesterday. I thought the kicking in the forwards was way ahead of them. I like you look at the points, not they set up Kieran Murta for the shot, but look at Cox came on and hit a great point on the run. Their kick passing down the field was it was just better. Number one. Number two, I cannot see Mayo winning in All Ireland with the team set up the way it's set up. From centre back to midfield to centre forward. I can't see it. And I want to wasn't there. Morris, from being at the game, what what did you see in that area? Yeah, I, I, I don't think that I, that's an issue. Not an issue that would you could just isolate to last weekend. I think that's going back over uh, the league. That um, just I press. I think that, I don't think they. Yeah, have we the can say right. well. In fairness, we've said it here a few times. So yeah, what would yeah. you do? Um, good question. Yeah, the thing. I, so if you're a Mayo now, the reason I, I don't think I think people are dismissive of the championships kind of because we don't know this is a new structure and we don't know so you kind of assume you're going into a group stages and there's going to be four teams and three will get out and it'll all be fine and I disagree with that I think there is a cost to being a third seed um, particularly because uh, I don't know if this is people understand this these fixtures are pre-ordained these there's already been drawn if you're a third seed you play the first seed first and then you play the second seed so if for example it'll be easy to say this in hindsight but if Mayo end up in a group with Dublin and the Ulster runners up You've got two really difficult games there, and that's coming off the back of a loss. So suddenly, like worst case scenario, even if they were, you can say, oh, you know, they'll win their last game and they're into a preliminary quarterfinal. You're coming off the back of losing all momentum, three losses, a, a preliminary. You're going in as the third seed. That means the preliminary quarterfinal. You're away for that game, and you're out in the quarterfinal a week later. I don't think that's ideal. So I, I wouldn't be dismissive of what it means to be a third seed. If you're Mayo, I think you need to be planning for a Dublin or a Kerry or an Armagh and all these teams have huge punch power in their halfback line. Um, this is, it's a team, the Gavin Whites of the world, Jack McCaffrey's, anybody watching Armagh on Saturday night, Kieran Mackin was unbelievable and that's with Jelly O'Burns uh, sitting in the bench. So I think that's where you're looking at from a Mayo perspective. I don't know if they have that right now. We haven't seen him because he's, he's been out injured. Enda Hessian I think would be perfect as a wing forward in this team but that means you're doing a bit of reconfiguration. So I don't know if they have Six right. If I was to pick a Mayo team for uh, if they're playing Dublin in six weeks' time, I think I would probably go with reaping goals. Uh, one of Coyne, McBride, Callan. Uh, I I think I'd play Durkin at six. Cohen on one wing. I, I I this is not a criticism of Loftus, but I just think they would have a better balance if they played uh, him him at six. You can play whoever you want. McHugh uh, at that wing. I'd mix their midfield too. I think their midfield the balance in midfield is wrong. Um, I think. Jordan Flynn could go to midfield. You could partner him with Jim O'Connor. That means Hessian's on the wing. He'll stick with whoever is that flyer from the opposition. Uh, I personally think Ryan O'Donoghue would be more suited to 11. At 12, then Jack Harney has been a, a great find for him. And you can pick whoever you want between uh, Aidan O'Shea, Tommy Conroy, Killian O'Connor, James Carr inside. You still have huge punch power off the bench if you were you're, to do you're, that. You're, you're, then, you're leaving Conor Loftus and Matty Rowan out of that team. Yeah, and I sometimes I think these are fine margins. I think you get great punch power out of the two of them coming on. Oh, McLaughlin would also uh, add to that. You have experience in uh, Darty and McLaughlin and Henley if you want it. I think the balance for the team will be better for that. But I, Mayo, the, the goal has to be to win in All Ireland. If you're winning, uh, trying to win Ireland, you should be targeting how you're going to set up against Dublin, Tyrone, 
uh, Tyrone, I didn't even mention Conor Myler within all that. And I think yeah. their, their balance at that would be better. James, can I just go back to something you said? I think this is so important. Before, you, like before you go back to James, I want to ask James, what do you think of Morris's team? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, on Ender Hessian, it's, it's an interesting one. Like, like Ender Hessian is a brilliant player, played a lot of his underage at wing forward. Um, so he's a very, very capable, as you saw against Tyrone with his when he put Niall Morgan on his, on his backside. He's, he's a very, very capable and accomplished player, not just for the defensive aspect of a wing forward role. Um, he'd be very good from an attacking sense as well. And his acceleration from, from a standard position. Is frightening, very Jack McCaffrey like um, Gavin White, as you, as you mentioned. Um, you, you know, so so that's 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 certainly an interesting, an interesting option. Sam Sam Callan as well. Uh, you know, obviously Sam and and, and Bob Tui. You know, with the under twenty connection, weren't weren't, weren't involved yesterday. They've their their options as as well. And Sam Sam was with us last year. His 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 athletic ability is is, is phenomenal as well. As you saw him on on, on Shane Walsh. So. So they're two definite, definite aspects, but there's going to be some some free for all. I would say over the next six weeks up front, um, because, or midfield, because what would you do with midfield? Would you bring Jack Carney to midfield? Well, the, 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 <laughs> what, what time? What <laughs> the, the, over the last two games, Mayo have been have, have been beaten in the middle of the field. I, I think that's that's that's. Um, clear, to, clear for for everyone to see. So, so after two, it's it's becoming a bit of a trend. So there's, there's definitely something you need to be there. Jack Carney is probably one of the best fielders I've ever I've ever come across. Um, he's he, not huge in stature, but his he always reminds me of doing patties on there. John John O'Driscoll years and years ago. You know, not not a not a huge guy, but a brilliant brilliant um, fielder of the ball. So he, he definitely has huge field, fielding ability and has, and has grown as a player, as you, have you seen this year. So certainly an option. I think Jordan, Jordan's probably strongest position is, is, is midfield. Um, so, so I'd say that, that'd be, that'd be looked at. And, and then if that brings your, you know, if you, if you move one of those, it brings your half forward line into question. And are we getting enough return there from an attacking threat point of view? Uh, you know, if you, if you move Jordan, then out there was scored heavy during the, during the, um, Initial stages of the league campaign, so so that's that's definitely an area. I, I think, I I think from half half back line to to the half forward line, there, there there's definitely places or, or or structure that'll be that'll be changing. I'd say over the next over, over the next six weeks. James, this is like I I, I the, the crux of this what we're talking about and the way to put in yes performance. I think comes down to Sam Callanan and uh, I totally bow to you on this, but I I don't think any team ever goes out to. To deliberately not give it 100 but i think this stuff is subliminal i think it's messaging it's stuff that happens in a dressing yeah. room during a week and it, it can assume that's in my experience anyway so if i was to say to said to you in december that you're going to lose lee keegan and ushin mullen out of that back six you're going to be down dave mcbreen got injured in the league final he was pulled before the start of this game Roy brickend in it's my understanding has a long-term injury um michael punkett is also injured so you're, you're suddenly you're down four of your defenders you show in on top of that that oma glocken goes down in the second half and then I tell you as well that Sam Canlan went stride for stride with Shane Walsh a week ago, and he's left sitting on the bench for the, the whole course. That they don't they don't even look to him. Uh, Bob Tully wasn't even in twenty six because they're going to save him for an under twenties game next week. What would you have said? I, I agree with you that that 
the subliminable is, is a huge part of it. The messaging during the week and the, the, the lead-in and the change of body language of a management team can have a huge... Yeah. I, I 100%, 100%, 100% agree with that. Um, you know, Sam hasn't played that many games this year. I don't know. He did very, he did very well in the league final, you know, but he hasn't been a, he hasn't been a starter. You know, has he started two games this this league campaign? I'm not, I'm not sure he has. You know, so so. Um, but, but I accept your point. I accept your point. After after a very good game, you, you you'd feel you're you're ready to go for for the next game. But 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 Kevin McSay and Mayo picked a picked a team. You know, and they've changed they've changed consistently throughout the league. You, you know, and they've tried to develop teams, so they absolutely picked a team that they thought would do the job. You know, against against Roscommon, but they were out, they were out fought and 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 out, and outplayed. So so um, yeah, they've 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 worked to do they've worked to do as a as a result. But I suppose the return from play is 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 is, is an area. And look, it's always it's yeah. been an area, but but that's been. I'm not sure the exact figures. I'm sure you have them over the last two games, Morris. The, the return from play. Um, the last ten minutes, James. I tell you, I tell you why I think Mayo. Are, the the other reason why I think Mayo are in enormous trouble. The last ten minutes of the match, when they were hammering away at the Roscommon goal, trying to run it through the crowd, trying to chase a goal, when there were four points down with six seven minutes left, and they're going for goals, and if they tip a couple of points there, get back to two points, and suddenly there's you're two points down with four minutes left, and it just felt like lads running in to a crowd trying to offload under pressure. And it just, I don't think they could have, if Roscommon had asked them to do it, uh, it's exactly what Roscommon would have wanted them to do. There's no doubt Roscommon were, were, were set up very, very well. Um, but, but let's, let's like, football is crazy, right? It, it is. <laughs> just for a second now. Just <laughs> to, yeah. To, I know to what you're going to say. First five minutes. The, like, Oh, Ryan O'Donoghue, as it's a pretty simple loop and it's hand a pass. simple hand pass. It's a simple. He, hand he, pass. he puts into Tommy Conroy, and Tommy Conroy runs through goalies, net, everything, and like that—that's a goal. Ross Common are in doubt, and Stevie Cohen's shot. They, those two go in. Yeah, it's a completely and utterly. And I know, one I know, we'll never be able. Yeah, to no, you're right. No, you're right. I, no, I agree. But, I agree. But that's absolutely a male victory. Then you, you know, I'd be, you'd be, you'd, you'd have to. I assume that'd be a male victory. The way it worked for Ross Common in the first half, and the and, and the, the two goals that Ross Common got were from the classic invented by Kieran Kilkenny, the backdoor cut, and Paul Mannion, yeah. the backdoor cuts, which is you know 101 of defending. You don't let that happen to you. You know, if a guy is coming through, you can sort of sense that that hand pass is coming, the loopy hand pass over the top, the guy's gonna spin, and you you just don't let that happen. The two the two goals came from it. Crazy. So, so if you take out everything else, there's and no matter what system and what formation that you set up, there's times where where your read as a defender in a one it's going it'll be a one there's going to be one one situations at times like that. Your read as a defender, you have to cut off the risk. You have to make sure that at worst it's a it's 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 a point because they're coming against a strong breeze and it's you know hard score and that all that kind of stuff. So. Those those were huge, obviously, events in, in, in the game. But but look, from attacking sense, uh, you you know, it's a classic, a very strong breeze, having to score, Roscommon everyone back. So it was it was the ultimate test in 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 can you create um, scoring situation and 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 look credit to Roscommon. They're, they're can, I just, can I jump in there, James? And I'm, I'm delighted Mayor taking some heat off Cork here as well. But <laughs> you spoke. I the 
sure, the, the, the importance of moments. I mean, going back to the Cork game, I don't even mention Brian Driscoll rattled the crossbar in the first yeah. half, an intercepted kick out from Powder, and that would have put Cork thing four up. And like it was, you know, your guilt dead one on one chance rocket. I'm not sure if the keeper touched it, but going back to Mayo yesterday and watching that game, you know, that opening 15 minutes very cagey, low scoring. Those couple of moments where the hand pass didn't go to hand. Whereas the two Ross Common goals, if you look at the bounce, was just perfectly into the side on both occasions. And, and you know, James mentioned Dublin and Kieran Kilkenny, and the basics that they they just were so, so consistent with that those small things, goal chance, if it's into for the stride. Um, we we lose sight of that, and you know the the post mortem here for Mayo is that you know you have to tear things up and all that after a week after a league final. Um, you know games are decided on, on small moments and in conditions. I guess say once that goal went in and Roscommon had that that belief and cushion, um, you know it changes the game completely. Like so, um, I think maybe we can be too quick to jump down on Cork and up on Clare and, and vice versa with Mayo Roscommon. I think. You know, there's fine margins between you know two division one teams there in in, in Casabarri, yes, the two division two teams. There's very little between these teams. And in the modern game, if you get ahead at all, if you get a goal, you know, it's such a cushion uh, that you can play, you can comfortably play that style and, and, and go on the counter attack. So uh, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be going OTT on our uh, destruction of Mayo or our Cork here. So except Except I think we have raised flags for several weeks now about both teams, whether in victory or in defeat. That's the only thing I'll say. And I, I agree. Ryan O'Donoghue is a brilliant footballer. And I say can't believe himself he missed that hand pass. But something else happened about three seconds later when Tommy Conroy turned inside and he tried to hand pass a point. Tommy Conroy had a simple hand pass ball back out to the penalty spot where I think I can just see in the corner, Aidan O'Shea is coming flying and he's on his own. And that's another simple finish. So they butchered that one goal chance. Well, I, I I got back from Ennis yesterday and Arsenal Liverpool second half was on and I flicked on the last last few minutes. I'm an Arsenal fan and Martinelli breaking, sack it through the middle, a simple ball through, he overcooks it. Overcooked it. It's I fine agree. margins. It's fine margins these games. So um. and, and 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 you do it. We have to talk about the most important Connacht Championship match of the weekend, Morris, happened over in Gaelic Park. And I think anyone who's ever played in Gaelic Park or drank in the bars in McLean Avenue or being around modern New York, around like the Long Hall or places like that, will understand just how brilliant a place in the world New York was to be on, well, maybe every Saturday night, but definitely last Saturday night. Oh, uh, yeah, it was it was exhilarating, wasn't it? Um, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even try analyze a game like that. It felt like it was played in the Twilight Zone. It was absolutely insane from the start. Um, I was probably the only person Praying it didn't go to extra time. We had a club game Sunday morning, so I was desperate to try to get to bed. Uh, away to Ross Muck at 10 a.m. on Easter Sunday. It was too glamorized this <laughs> That's weekend. Crazy. That's That's <laughs> People are suffering, Morris, and uh, you're right there. Um, How did it go, Morris? How did the game end up? Uh, we won. Yeah, we won. Excellent. Um, <laughs> uh, we can talk about that glamour tie later. We'll focus on this one first. <laughs> um, I thought uh, this was... as. Whatever about quality, I thought it was an unbelievably entertaining game. Like it was, uh, it was, uh, it was end to end. There was real kind of box office stuff. There was a real kind of carnival feel about it. Even just to see the, the sirens above the stand and how into it the crowd were. Uh, there seemed to be a large cohort of Leisham there as well. I think that that frenzy contributed to a lot of what we'd seen. Um, like there's no getting away from how bad Leisham's finishing was, basically all day, right up until the penalty shootout. But I don't think you can. You have to factor in how the pressure of an atmosphere like that and what that might do to a team. I also just think 
Um, Emin Mulligan was on commentary. You could see how much it, uh, he was hurting watching it. But uh, David Brown was the only other player bar uh, Donald Wynn who played all 12 games from in 2022. And he's also out. So that's a lot of experience to be missing. And then you throw in the fact that Anna Reynolds came off after 20 minutes. And I just yeah. think Leitrim walked into a perfect storm. They just walked into... They got caught by a haymaker. They probably saw it coming, but you're without a lot of experience. You're in a crazy atmosphere. Everything is going wrong. Um, on top of that, this is as strong as New York team as we've seen in a long time. I actually, I, I think their performance against Sligo last year was better, but they didn't get the rub that time. And they did this time. I get going back to Paddy's point about fine margins. Um, and they got their, the big thing. I, it wasn't as true in Cork and Clare, but in modern football now, I think matchups are suddenly a lot more important because teams are trying to mirror each other and you're pushing kind of 15 on 15 it's actually really important who you have one-on-one and I thought New York got their match spot on um looking at the two teams on paper before the game I would have thought Owen Cairns would have gone to to keep Byrne he didn't Alan Campbell did and did a fine job on him uh Johnny Glenn and Mushroom or Gavin O'Brien were, were absolutely uh, dominant yeah, in, in yeah. midfields uh it just never really kicked for Paul Keane he had a couple of chances and maybe if one of them had gone over you could have started seeing him hit a roll but it never really happens um, and even though Adrian Vardy was, by all accounts, struggling for fitness and was taken off, Shane Carty was absolutely unbelievable. I thought Shane unbelie- Carty was the best player in the field. I thought Shane Carty was absolutely outstanding. I, maybe it's just me, and or maybe he misspoke, but Shane Carty said on the Sunday game last night mm. that he was kicking with his left foot all day because he tore his quad during the week. Now, I presume he means strained, but even still, that is, I think that's astonishing. Um, so yeah, I thought it was an incredible, an incredible result for New York. Uh, they've... Be very interesting to see how they, they go from here. They obviously know Sligo pretty well, but uh, it, it blows the, the kind of championship wide open. Uh, I'd say it's a tough one for, for Andy Moore, and they'll have nightmares about some of those missed chances. But as I said, I do think a, a crucial factor is just how crazy the, the night itself was. I think um, I think it's, it's, it's one of the great ironies that in probably the most modern city in the world, a really incredible city, you have a, a, an unbelievably traditional... Irish experience there in the championship thing. You had a tight ground. There's people hanging out over the railings. There's people in trees. There's people pushed down onto the pitch. All along the sideline, there's players. There's, there's Sorry, there's officials and subs pushed out onto the field. The game is flying up and down. It's fairly. It was fairly anarchic. Leitrim missed, you can say three goal chances. I think they've missed five because of the setup pass went wrong a couple of, a couple of times as well. And still... You kind of thought from a long way out, Mayo, like um, uh, uh, New Yorker, have a monster chance here, and they kept they kept at it, and they kept at it, and I like to see the something like the two Brosnans and Mikey Boyle, born in, born in New York, another guy, Killian, born in born Jamie in Boyle, yeah. over yeah. there. Sorry, yeah, boy, and all of those guys playing a game that was kind of given to them from their families and coming together, and what they did. And the atmosphere after the game and a proper pitch invasion after the match to celebrate in which the stewards were involved in the pitch invasion. And of course, why wouldn't it be? Because they've given a lifetime to this. It was just an incredible experience. And I think it has to be said, New York players deserve unbelievable credit for their conditioning. They were able to go up and down the pitch for the full game. Like That's not simple when you do not have a league run of fixtures like Leitrim had and you throw in on top of that uh, I, I it felt it felt like a kind of a raucous club game didn't it you even had the, the controversial wide and you know, yeah you can't beat a, yeah. you can't beat a, a good the umpire was getting yeah. some yeah. 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 he was really getting it 
Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I wouldn't I generally lean into the, the kind of romance of the, of the GA too often, but, you know, you draw blood from a stone to see kind of two Americans, two American-born players effectively win this game from in Shinkarty kicking that point on his left foot and uh, Brosnan kicking the penalty. An unbelievable, John Raiden has done great reporting on this for the examiner, but an unbelievable story that was told afterwards that he wasn't supposed to take a penalty, but was told that if you don't take a penalty, Jamie Boyle, the cornerback, is going to take a penalty and decided he probably had a better chance <laughs> than, <laughs> than Boyle did. So said he'd take the, the fifth one and absolutely nailed it. Um, yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was it was a brilliant penalty. I I think I I I I'll, there's probably no unbiased way to say this, but I wish that had happened to any other county except Leitrim. I really wish it it wasn't Leitrim and Andy Moore who were on the end. James, what would it be like to be Andy Moore on the plane coming home? Oh gosh, um, but it, 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 there's there's no way other way about it that it it it'd be incredibly incredibly tough for him. Um, you know everything was looking looking towards it. We think we we talked us, uh, you know, you know, a Sligo Leitrim sort of kind of semi final, and the, the opportunity that it, that that would bring, you know, promotion was was there so close for them this year, last year, uh, hasn't happened. So he he'll he'll, he'll be he'll, he'll be very down in the dumps. There's no no two ways about it. Um, and I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure you you know that a defeat like that, and you know you look at it from maybe some of the Hardcore Leitrim fan side of point of view, you know, as we're the team that's gave you know New York their first championship win, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So there'll, there'll be there'll be some feedback that'll be hot and heavy. There's, there, you know, will there? Will there? Will there? He'll, he'll, in what way will that come? Uh, that comes in various forms. Um, it comes in various forms. Um, you know, that can be uh, you know getting out of the car, walking down the street uh, to to online to whatever. You, you know, I look, I, I, you can sense it. You can you can you you, you can you can feel it. You know. Um, would you would you have had stray comments to yourself in public in Mayo after losses? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think Kevin McSay had an article at the at the, at the weekend as well. I think when he was walking down the street, he he felt. He, he felt and, and and heard some some comments that you, you know with, with his connection with Russ Common, obviously with, with with Mayo and everything that went on there. So it does it does happen. It does happen. There's a lot of emotion as as you alluded to from the New York side in games like that. Um, so there will be disappointed people, and 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 in modern society, there's people are not um, afraid to, to 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 vent their frustration. So so so, so we won't dwell on this. But can I ask you? Did it get worse? Do you think things got worse in terms of the abuse in your second term in charge of Mayo as against your first term? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I I, I think things have changed. And look, there's, there's, there's a whole discussion on this we'll go into someday, but I I, I, I think um, I think COVID has exacerbated things uh, a little bit in the whole period around it. I think people's tolerance and patience might, mightn't be what it was and i know that's a huge generalization but but i i, I certainly um in, in the second term um felt 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 that you know even at games in game pre-game you know pre-game after two or three minutes um um and 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 even i the first game i went to this year was the goalie game in castlebar in the league and i brought my kids with me and i was sitting in the middle of the stand and i the hood up and just nice and watching the game and i couldn't believe i act I, I've always known there's noise. When I was on the sideline, there's noise behind you, and you can, you can, you know, you, you get this din. But I couldn't believe 
the the venom and what was being said during 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 the game. You know, this is after pretty much the ball has just been thrown in. You know, so there hasn't really, yeah. really been any major play or any any major mistake. So look, there there, there will be that. But as well on on Andy, like Andy was probably one of the most clever players I've ever been in, 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 involved in. And you saw that when he got player of the year, um, how he used his body, how he used his, his, his handling and his craft and, 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 and guy, he's, he's a really, really clever, clever player. And, you know, that transmits to how he thinks about the game and how, how he wants the game to be played. Um, so, you know, this is, a, this is a hard learner for him. And, and as a, as a manager, you're going to get these, you know, so I, I I'm sure Andy, Andy, is clever enough. He's enough confidence in himself to, to, to work through it, and he'll be a much better manager as as a result of the the outcome, you know. But but just back to your point, if you if you don't mind, like the madness of New York and playing in New York, it's it's absolutely when when Morris was talking there, like the exhilaration of it, the smell of hot dogs and steaks being cooked, <laughs> fried onions. There's nothing <laughs> like it's my mind for some for some reason. Like the last time we were there a couple of years ago, you know, there's the the food and the beer that's it's all you can smell when you're walking into the dressing room pre pre-game, you know, because it's all it's all going on at that stage. You know, there's the the the, the whole show. And then how you get into the and then I remember trying to get into the dressing room. We I, we went by subway to, to, to get out there the last time we went. So you know the, everything about it is completely different to what you'd normally do for a game. And then when you get there, the crowds around the place, getting into the dressing room was was we were lucky to get in there because of the, the amount of people that were that were in front of it, the pitch, the surface, the train on the sideline, um, everything about it is, is is just different. And I think Carnival is is probably a, a good yeah. description of it. And that just adds to a little bit of the chaos. And, you, you know, even the lines on the pitch, I remember our guys, we were, you know, the 45, the 50, where there's lines, oh, loads of different lines on the pitch, and you get a little bit confused there. There's loads of things that that add to, uh, that, that can add to the occasion. But, but um Certainly tough, tough one for Leitrim, but but they'll, I'm sure they'll, they'll Andy and, and Cole will, will bounce back from. I, I, I think carnival. It, I think carnival is a great word um, to, to to describe it. And I have to say, I thought it was captured brilliantly on GA Go by Darren Frell uh, and Emlyn Mulligan. I think it, they just got it. They got the night, and you could see all around the crowd. You nearly wish people want they wanted it could be over sooner so they could go off into the city or into the bars <laughs> and enjoy it. I will say, by the way, in passing, I thought the RT. Sunday game panel yesterday was brilliant on um, on on Ross Common Mayo Lee Keegan um, uh, Peter Canavan Kieran Whelan with with Joanne Cantwell. I thought it was re- I thought just thought it was I thought it was top was was the best panel they've had uh, in 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 a very very long very long time. Paddy, what would it be like to be a Cork footballer this week? Uh, tough going. Um, would you hear it? The un- the unknown. Yeah, you would of course. Yeah. Um, the I suppose the tough thing is. Like before, when the split season wasn't there, you might have you might have drifted back in with your club now for a, a championship game or or whatever for a few weeks. So it's interesting to see what they do. We probably six weeks, as I said, prep same same as Mayo. Um, so yeah, I like I remember when you were playing and things were going badly, you'd you would avoid certain situations, you know, um, you know, going down to the club training. If you you know if you're still with Cork and you're just going to show face, you might be selective as to where you know when you go down and and where you where you stand and all that. Um, yeah, like Mars, I'm, I'm sure James, it's, it's ten times worse as a manager because the blame goes to the manager. And again, from being in the crowd, teaches the abuse and the comments are, are, are scandalous. Um, but that's just the way it is. Do you mind if I jump back there, Mars? Paul, you might have the answer. New York, if they if they beat Sligo, am I right in saying they'll they'll play in the in the the fourteen group stage? 
Whereas yeah. if they lose and go to Talton, they'll get a preliminary bike to the quarter final, the preliminary quarter final. They won't play in the group stage. I saw that tweeted yesterday. And if that is the case, then why is that the case? That they'll play in the group in Sam Aguirre, but not in the Talton? So that was, th- we were given clarification on this uh, in a, uh, last week that um, they had, so they had planned for this, but I think, I, I think that's, if you give me a second here, sorry. Put you on the spot, sorry, Morris. <laughs> Morris, uh, this is this is disappointing, Morris. That's what it's here for, Paddy. Uh, this, this is this is this is kind of devast. This is a devastating turn of events. Good job, so, Morris. Delay, uh, unbelievable. Yeah, if, that's, um, poor. that's poor. If New York proceeds to the the Talton Cup, will become seventeen teams with three groups of four and one group of five. The CCC has confirmed the order and schedule of games in the groups, with each team having two home and two away games. So that's what would happen if they. Uh, that's it. We're giving clarification on that during the week. Um, so the yeah, the it will become two groups four and one of five. Yeah. That's fine. I it's it's it creates great fun though. If Mayo or if if New York can get by Sligo, which I have to say I'd be worried for New York that Sligo. I think Sligo will be too powerful running through the middle on them. I think they'll create a huge amount of problems for them. I, and it's in Markovich Park. I think it'll be. I think I really would fancy Sligo in, in in that, but that creates a real dilemma. For it'd be a magnificent dilemma if New York are in in the in 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 the Sam Maguire on the weekend. I want to turn to talk to Armagh and Antrim the Ulster Championship because we need to start talking as well about next week. Um, but in passing, I want to talk about the Leinster Football Championship wins for 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 Wicklow. Um, for 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 Offley and for Leash, I think Wicklow were probably the most impressive of the wins there, and they go and play Kildare next. Offley go and play um, uh, Mead in in the Maracanã and Tullamore, and Leash against uh, Leash now play Dublin, which um, could be quite interesting. Um, the and in Munster, Tipperary beat Watford, and Tipperary now play Kerry. So what we're looking for in the next round of fixtures is what looked like being some fairly uncompetitive matches, which we will be talking about in the coming weeks. But when we talk about uncompetitive matches, I'd like to talk. I'd like to turn to Armagh Antrim. Uh, I I thought Antrim. I thought Armagh were excellent, but I thought Antrim were so disappointed. And I looked at so disappointing, and just looking at. Uh, Andy McEntee afterwards, he just looked disgusted after the game. They looked to me like a team who who didn't fire a shot, Morris. Uh, yeah, they did. Um, so, yeah, two sides to this. From a, from a perspective, I thought, again, there was, uh, to a certain extent, kind of green shoots. Um, Conor Herbert was uh, immense. It was interesting hearing Mushroom Conference saying BBC before the game that he could be anything he wants to be in Gaelic football. That's it fairly high praise um, and you definitely got a sense of that they were starting to kick the ball a bit more Grugan gave that one in for, for Jason Duffy's goal chance Kieran Mackin sent one on the outside of his right boot um, they had that weird one that Forker just lobbed in from the sideline that broke kind of kindly and nearly ended up in a in a goal um, I mentioned Kieran Mackin earlier for a guy who made his debut last year I think he could be a very special player um, yeah, every time I watched him it was interesting that you'd feel alright for McLevin who got pulled after 20 minutes but it was interesting that that was what Andy McAdee deemed necessary that after 20 minutes he's going to send on Finnegan and try and that was on his wing wasn't it so you're going to try and um, curtail him um, on the flip side from an Antrim perspective 
Yeah, it's hard to say, Paul, when you look at it, kind of zone out. You know, the last time Antrim were in a, a, a Ulster minor final was 1989. The last time they were in an under 21 final was 2006. They were in a senior final in 2009. Before that, it was 1970. St. Gauls had that great run in the club up until 2009. But after that, they've had nothing since. It's been a grim, a very grim decade since then. You add in on top of that that they were hammered by Kevin in the first round last year. And I think, did they have the most opt-outs of anybody before the Tottenham Cup when they were beaten by Leitrim? Um, I thought they were lucky to stay up in uh, or Division 3 this year uh, by, by and large. So I think it's, there's a, it's, a, it's a grim enough picture there. And that is why, to my mind, the Tottenham Cup is so important for counties like Antrim. Like if they were to, to get together and really give it a go and deliver silverware, given that prolonged stretch there, it would, I think it would do wonders for the county. I think they've had a huge opportunity. It's exactly why competitions like this were deemed necessary, the prospect of realistically winning something. There's an attainable silverware there if they can get it together. That wasn't a reflection of what they are. So I, as as poor as a lot of those signs were, I do think there's a huge opportunity there. There's not, there's not like there's no, by no means are you saying there's no talent there. Uh, Jordan, no, absolutely back. not. There's really good footballers. You can see that from Sigerson Cup. There's really good footballers in Antrim, and they have yeah. a good manager who's who's organised and all of that. But there is nothing, there is nothing that you could see in the last seventy in that seventy minutes against Armagh that would suggest that Antrim are going to win or compete seriously in the Talton Cup. Yeah, I don't know. I thought I thought Mark Jordan was brilliant wing back. I thought Peter Healy, their fullback, is as a right player. Their best, their top scorer in the league was Owen Westwood. He put got pulled before the game, so they started um, McBride, Pat Shevers, and there was one more late change. All right, and Murray started as well. Um, so you know, you bring back in Westwood. They've got they've got a line harder defense now. They were they were look they were carved open, and their their conversion was was similar to Leitrim. I think there was on twenty nine percent. So that's a real from play. That's yeah, a, that's a real that's cause for concern. But uh, but I do think that. Given that, that there, you can look at it this two ways. You can look at this as a team that were wiped by Cavan. Had I think today of the most one-sided league game, did West Mead beat them by thirty points um, at one stage. You can also look at this on the flip side that a team that went toe-to-toe -to with Down and Fermanagh in Division Three. Um, I know uh, you might know more about this. I awfully ended up running out six-point winners, but it sounded like that game was very close. Before no, there was nothing in it. Like, like the awfully goalie made an unbelievable save. For what would have been a, an equalising goal, and off he went down and got a goal and won by six. Like there was nothing between the teams. Antrim had every chance of beating down. Uh, they're, they're really they're, they beat Cavan. So these are this is this is there's a lot of good footballers there, and I'd be really disappointed though that they 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 didn't they didn't bring more. That's my point. From for a county where there is a lot of work going on, and we should acknowledge that. And there's a people who love football up there, and they're really doing a huge amount of work. But I will be disappointed that they didn't bring more uh, on on a championship match at five o'clock and a good crowd in the athletic grounds. Can I can I make one brief point on that to go back to something Paddy said earlier? I think it would have been really easy for Andy Mackey to go out and do a fifty man behind the ball, a contained job from minute one at the weekend, and to. To their credit, to my mind, they didn't do that. They went and tried to play football. And if they're going to win a Tottenham Cup and go and want to genuinely progress, I think he was right to, to have a goal. Oh, that's like fair. That. So, so yeah, I, that's I, I, I think they're, it would have been very easy to go out and do a damage imitation job and try and, and curtail them. And I have to say, when you watch Armagh, like Armagh, lads, Armagh have no excuses this year. They really, even without Shreen O'Neill and Andrew Murnan at the weekend, they've got so much talent in their team that the sea finally... You know, Turbot said inside. I mentioned this point previously. I don't know why they couldn't do that with Shreen O'Neill before, but uh, Armagh have, have absolutely no excuse. So I, I don't think it was a, a bad team that Antrim were carried open by at the weekend. I think they did, they no, did their good for going up and having a goal. 
And uh, I think that would that would ideally stand to them for a time. I think Talcott is a massive opportunity, particularly for, for a country like Cavan. Two, two enormous games in the Ulster Senior Football Championship next weekend. Fermanagh, Derry uh, at five o'clock in Enniskillen on Saturday evening. Follow, the following afternoon, four o'clock in Oma in Healy Park, Tyrone against Monaghan. Let's just let's just preview those two games. Uh, Paddy, what are you what are you looking at there? Tyrone against Monaghan. Yeah, I mean next weekend is there's they're the only two games on next weekend. It's kind of the down week before a really, weekend, really busy, yeah. the, the following weekend. Um so yeah, like that th- those four teams are on that top side of the, the Ulster draw. So you know you'll have a provincial finalist from that four, four, three of the teams. Uh very strong, obviously Tyrone Monaghan. Um we're we're seeing we saw a kick towards the end of the league in, in Tyrone. Uh Monaghan obviously survived again. Derry Derry's hard to know what that defeat in Cope to Dublin. Uh, will have done to their conference. I think they'll have too much for Fermanagh, um, and they'll be you know, they'll be one game away from an Ulster final. Um, look, it's it's again going back to the inequalities of the provincial system. You've a, a real mouth-watering Ulster campaign kicking off up there. You know, you've both sides of the draw are very very interesting. Derry are a really really interesting team because I think Derry possibly could be you know they could end up four seeds if they lose the weekend um, or next weekend. Or you know they, they could they can end up going and, and winning Ulster. Uh, I like the look of Derry. I thought against Cork they came out. Cork Chris McKay came on and tweaked that tweaked the hammy after a few minutes. It was madness. I, I I thought actually in hindsight going back, Derry you know played the Glen lads the week after the All Ireland yeah. final, and then they came out to Cork and they were guaranteed you know the league final and they played a lot of their main boys and then brought on a lot more of them. I just and I know he's operating a tight panel, but I thought it was it was madness. Um, and you see maybe in the, in the league final glass going off, they don't have the strength and depth. So do they get, will they get uh, their strongest 15 against Fermanagh? They might need their strongest 15 against Fermanagh. Um, I, I like I like the look at Derry. I, I hate the way they play, but I think they, they what they do, they do it really, really well. Um, they, they're, 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 the way they attack, I thought... Would you, would, you, would you be happy with Cork playing like that if they were winning? Oh... <laughs> I, you look, you would, I suppose. It's just, it's just what what they do. I suppose what Derry do is they dictate the terms of the game, where you have got to almost mirror Derry's style because they are now. What I what I will say is they they have they're very good in their own kick out and they do press the opposition kick out, which at least which at least gives you know some of the structure to the game. But when they slow it down and they but the way they attack, I was really really impressed by them. Their yeah. speed. Inject speed. Whether they have the forwards up top, the range of forwards up top to score enough in the big, big games, that's obviously still to be shown. But um, and then Rory Geller, obviously, from seeing him, I was only about 20, 30 yards away from him. He is absolutely off his game on the sideline in terms of instructions. Um, so that'll be very interesting. I think Derry should have enough. Tyrone Monaghan, I think Tyrone will will be too strong. I think they, you know, they looked at though they were teetering after three or four league games, but they have got the bounce. Um, I wouldn't say they've been written off, but they are they're they have the possibility now of coming in and, and taking out Monaghan and then having a, a would have a, a crack of a semi-final against Tyrone Derry would be a lovely one to look forward to. Um so like yeah, I think look, I think the championship this weekend was all about the couple of games we, we covered in detail there, Claire Cork and, and Mayor Roscommon 
if those couple of games next week and then I think we'll really start to get a, a feel for what way the Sam McGuire is going to fall two weeks time and it's very very exciting something different hopefully um, as Mara said I just I, I fear that the three teams getting through the four will dilute the, the intensity of the thing but um, up in Ulster it's, it's, it's about to kick off I think it's going, we're going to be in for a really really open championship and I am fully supporting Down and Kevin on the other side of the draw <laughs> I was I was at um, last year. Derry played awfully in in Tullamore, and I was standing about twenty meters behind the Derry dugout as well. And Rory Gallagher was on the edge uh, of the pitch the whole time. And Derry Derry just like annihilated awfully. It was essentially over as a contest after 15, 20 minutes. It was obvious what way it was going. He was relentless from start to finish, and I have to say. The players obviously really want him and really, really like him. But I would not have liked to have been playing down along the side of the pitch. But equally, there was a there was an awfully fella behind him who obviously kind of cracked after about 10 minutes and spent the rest of the game just telling telling Gallagher that he would win nothing unless he got Jimmy McGuinness to go and help him. <laughs> but he'd never win without McGuinness, and he never would. So that was kind of, that was the only entertainment in in the whole game. Um, James, those two matches, how do you see, so Paddy, you see them as, as Derry, Derry and Tyrone. James, how do you see those two matches going? Uh, yeah, uh, similar, I'd say, yeah, yeah. I'd say there was a bit more spitting on the hands um, when, when that athlete supporter. <laughs> there, uh, there was, there was. <laughs> What's the bets on a on a Derry player turning around to Rory or something to tell him to shut the the, yeah. the hell up? You know, um, I know that level of instruction. You you, you know, um, for, for for me is 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 over the top. But look, he, he's doing very well with with, with that group. Um, I Tyrone, um, Tyrone for me are 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 bubbling away. I think they're I think they're going to be serious. Um, later on this season, I, I, I just genuinely do. I, I don't know. I think that there's something there, isn't there? Uh, they're, 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 you know, they're, they're like a big juggernaut. They're t- taking the turn during the league, and there's like they're finally, you know, they're pointing the right way, and they're they're building up speed. They're just the two Canavans possibly just add something different and dangerous yeah. to to what they already have and you know you go through their sprinkling players everyone knows them this is from 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 Myler to Hart to right right through to Hamsey they're and they're pissed over the last you know last year and how things went all that kind of stuff they're they're uh, I, I I think Tyrone are going to be big big players this year I, I, I do I think it's tur- I think it's turned it's not I, I wouldn't have Thought that you know when when they got smashed early on in the league, but but just the way it's been going the last couple of weeks, I I, I think they've got the bit between the teeth and they're they're strong. I think they'll beat Monaghan. Um, it, it it mightn't be pretty or anything like it, but but they, they'll beat Monaghan. Um, Derry Derry, I think will 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 certainly overcome for Mana. You, you know, and we know what Derry are and how they play and what they're about. Um, so they'll. They'll try and dominate proceedings, and they'll they'll try and dictate um, what happens, and and suffocate to get into a lead, and then just control it on their own terms. So 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 I, I can't see for man, even though after a good league campaign, I can't see them um, coming coming close to to, to Derry. Just for Armagh, if you don't mind me going back, yeah, I've been critical of Armagh during the league. I, I I think there's more in them than what they're playing. I think they're caught up in their own sort of self evaluation, just 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 too much. But some of the players at the weekend that 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 Morris went to there. You know, Mackin, Turbot, and, and even McPartland, 
Yeah. To, to me, they've that, oh, hold on. There's something different here. Uh, um, and you, you know, they have obviously Jared Dog and, and and Ryan and and, and Merlin, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, to come back in. Uh, they have the players to have a serious assault. Uh, I'm just not convinced they're maximizing the, the, the talents that they have. I think they're too conservative. And so, you know, I know they probably change and, 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 and a good 20 point win, but you know, even the 20 point win should, should there have been more goals and that should, et cetera, et cetera. So if they, if they can become more progressive, I, I think they do have the players to, to, to be serious later on in the, later on in the summer as well. So, so look at next, uh, next weekend. Yeah. Derry, Derry and Tyrone to, 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 to win. Yeah, Morris, how do you see them? Um, the same, yeah. I think uh, Derry are so good at cancelling out your two main threats. We've talked previously about Fermanagh's reliance on the McGurm, Callum, Axis. I was wondering, will they pull a rabbit and maybe start quickly and try and, and spit that? But uh, they're just, they're so good at cancelling out your two, you know, if we don't know what the stories of Chris McKay sounds like, he might actually be back. If he does, you could see him going straight to McGurm. Ethan Darty might go to that's all in Callum, and then you're reliant on what's around you. So I think there we have their the right matchups for that, and uh, I think Tyrone will beat Monaghan as well. Yeah, it's um, I I I, I bornly enough, I agree with both of those. I think uh, I think I I think Tyrone will have too much for Monaghan, and I I do think Derry will will beat um for Manor, Although I do think both matches will be very competitive. I don't see there being I don't see there being a whole pile in it. And we will next week we'll be reviewing those matches and also be previewing what is an incredible bumper week weekend of matches the following weekend where where all the remaining teams will essentially have been out in the in the championship by that point and and we'll see them and later on as we move through this we should say there's the for the first time ever in the history of the GA in the in in the middle of the May all counties who field in the senior football championship, that is everybody with the exception of Kilkenny, will be out on the same weekend with 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 Talchon and, and Sam Sam Maguire matches, which is which is something very much to look forward to. Um commiserations to Paddy and James on on their losses uh at the weekend as an awfully man winning the Leinster Championship match was just a just a great weekend for us, but I feel your pain. Um you Morris, did your best tip against them though. I didn't tip against them. I want that to be clear. There's been allegations. I never tip against Offley. Uh, I'm I'd, actually it's one of those interesting things when you're tipping or when you're talking about your own county. I think it is. I think judgment. You can try and be as balanced as you want and try and be fair, but but just judgment, whether it's either fear or arrogance, depending on which way you're feeling at a particular time. I think it leaves it really difficult, really difficult to do. Morris? I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, I obviously have a. Entirely objective as a as a journalist and don't have any alliances, uh, so I can I'm able to pick without favor. But I I feel your pain. We we're just happy you get through the weekend without fighting with a manager. It's, it's thank you, thank you for joining us. <laughs> um, thanks to Larry for running this podcast, to Raf Rocca, to Jack Neville, to Adrian Russell, to Tony Lean, and to to everyone at Examiner Sport. Thanks to Alliance for all their support for this podcast. A huge thanks to James Horn as always, uh, to Paddy Kelly. For, for joining us and, and tomorrow's uh, for joining us today. Bim Maternashkalur. Allianz. Supporting all 32 counties through the Allianz Leagues. A, a, a grain, all right. A, a, a grain, all right. They want to tip the scale.
Come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Listen, 